Have you ever wondered, I know you have, if your kid is doing this on purpose, is their behavior all really because they want to annoy you? Well, it's something that I'm asked every day, and we're going to dive into it because you're going to be surprised at the answer. Hi, I'm Dr. Roseanne, and I'm a mental health trailblazer. And join me as we have real conversations about real solutions to kids' problems. And today we're going to talk about, is my kid being a pain in the tuchus on purpose? And what you can do about it, because most people think their kids' behavior is really because they want to annoy their parents. And we're going to dive into this because they're not doing things on purpose. Their brain can be stuck and it can seem like that. But let's dive in and have a real conversation about this. Hi, everybody. Dr. Roseanne here. And thank you for joining me. I created this series just for you, busy parents who are trying the best they can every day, working, getting their kids to school or homeschooling. Many people homeschool. I homeschool one of my kids. And life can sometimes be hard and we're living in a very stressful world. And what I have found is that parents are looking for solutions. And yes, I love to talk about the problem. I love to talk about the science behind the problem. But what we're often looking for is answers on exactly what to do. And that is what I've been doing for 30 years. And I want to share that because we all know parents are in crisis. If you're new and you're just following me, you know, I'm Dr. Roseanne. I'm on a mission to change the way we view and treat children's mental health. And I work with parents. I work with organizations. I do a lot. And this is really about giving you those resources and the tools. And this is one of the top questions I get. And I want you to know that it's okay. So one of the top questions I get is, is my kid doing this on purpose? Yeah. Top question. Who hasn't felt like their child is doing something on purpose, right? I'm just going to raise my hand because we've all been like, Holy cow, I've taught that 100 times. Why are they not doing it? So let's get into that. Let's talk about why kids do what they do. But before we do, let's talk about you. (laughs) You know, I say this all the time. People come to me in absolute dire straits in my one-to-one behavior, brain behavior reset program. And, you know, we work with people all over the world in person or virtually, and they always have a question for me when they come to me and work with me, because that's really a big commitment to come and spend. I usually work, spend about six months with people and they always want to know what's your success rate? Why don't people do well? And I have a really easy answer for that. (laughs) Probably an answer that not many psychologists and therapists are willing to say. And that is, The number one determinant of success is not what the kid's problem is. It's really the family system and it's the parents and it's the parents' own stuff. It's their belief and about what the problem is and the belief that their child can get better and sticking with what is working. That is number one determinant. So so when I look at the question is, is my kid doing this on purpose? I'm going to tell you that 99% the kid is not doing this on purpose, especially when our kids have underlying clinical issues like ADHD 
OCD, anxiety, depression, whatever's going on, LD even, right? You know, especially. So let's unpack that. But we also have to look, we bring a lot to the table, a lot of good stuff, right? I always tell my kids like, oh, you're so lucky. Mom and dad are like the coolest parents on the, on the planet. I'm just, just saying the Hodges. Um, but we like to have a lot of fun. And, but, you know, we bring what we're triggered by into that too. So is there something about your child's behavior that's very triggering for you? You know, I recently was working with somebody whose father was in the military. And so uh, they had to have everything in order. There was not an ability to have a voice or AKA talk back, right? It's not, you're not talking back as a voice. None of that. So what do they get? They get a real saucy kid who likes to share their opinion. And it's so triggering for this mom. I mean, so triggering. And so a lot of the work that we've had to do, right? And we've all got our stuff, people. So just like, you know, I got my stuff. It's what we do with our stuff. Okay. So we're going to have triggers. It's called life. So in this situation, we had to work through what is causing you to be so irritated. I'm not saying this kid wasn't irritating. Trust me. And there was definitely some control kind of needs going on. But when your kid is really irritating and triggering us, we've got to push back, right? You're always going to hear me say, let's take a 360 view. Let's get out of it. Let's try to take the emotions out of it and take a look. We're going to take a look. And I think the first question is, are you somebody who's trying to stop, correct, punish? We know punishment is not really super helpful. It doesn't mean kids should never be punished. Please don't let me say for and misinterpret it and say, oh, kids should never, ever have any punishment. Absolutely not. But I'm saying always punishing is kind of a waste of time and super icky as parents to always be in a cycle of punishment. So before we can even dive into, is your kid doing this on purpose? Let's talk about expectations. Normal development versus atypical. So I talked a little bit about when parents come to me and they, their number one reason people don't get better is never the problem. It's their parents' attitude towards the problem. A hundred percent of the time, minus uh, some of my people that have pans and there's a medical thing. And even that we go work on the medical thing and then we come back to it. If it's the attitude, right? So what's our expectation? So we are moving through a society where we're forgetting normal developmental expectations. We're making things clinical that aren't clinical. I had somebody this week, super awesome mom said best (laughs) after doing PMF and neurofeedback. First time ever had a pleasant parent-teacher conference, age 14. Yay! How exciting is that? Super happy. You know, she said, these are the things that I'm still seeing. And the next words out of her mouth is, is this normal development or is this something related to his ADD? And I was like, I am so happy to have you say that because I'm going to talk about this this week. So normal 14-year-old boy is going to still show some signs, right, of, you know, not really having a full awareness, right? Lots of hormone stuff going on, learning executive functioning. Not perfection. Perfection, kids that are self-regulated and easy are atypical people. Atypical. You get that? It's like when I hear about kids who sleep through the night. I say that's an urban legend. Um, (laughs) So let's try to understand what normal development is, right? So we have to honor a normal developmental period. And then we have to say, 
what's our expectations? Are our expectations in line with normal development? One of my all-time favorite stories is a mom who brought her four-year-old to me. Give her props for coming in and having early concerns because the earlier you address things, the easier it is. But I don't care if your kid's 27, we could still work on it. I've treated people in their 80s. Still do. <laughs> you know, there's never too late. It just becomes harder to, you know, the longer the problem, the longer the process is going to be. And that's okay. But this mom had this expectation that a four-year-old could make a bed. And when she didn't, she got very upset, angry, and punished her. And I was like, hold on. Let's talk about expectations. So the expectation was wrong that she could make this bed and she was developing beautifully. And we had to work on it in a parenting perspective and regulating that. Hey there, Dr. Roseanne here, and I'm excited to tell you about my school accommodations guide, which I believe can be a game changer for parents and caregivers of children with special needs or mental health and behavioral challenges. As a parent myself, I understand how challenging it can be to navigate the complex world of IEP and 504 accommodations. That is exactly why I created this guide to provide you with the information you need to advocate for your child's rights and to ensure they're getting the right support that they need to be able to succeed academically, behaviorally, socially, emotionally at school. I've done the work for you and you have accommodations for over 30 common issues that affect learning. This 80-page guide, you're just going to have a directory that you need to flip through and find exactly the right modifications and accommodations that your child needs. I'm passionate about helping children and their families, and I truly believe this guide can make a difference in the lives of those who use it. That's why I'm offering it completely free. So if you want to make sure your child is getting the best possible education and support, head over to www.drrosanne.com forward slash 504 to download the ultimate school accommodations guide today. I can't wait to hear how this helps you and your child. On the other side, what if that was a 17-year-old having to make that bet and you've shown your 17-year-old a hundred million times and they still can't make the bed. Well, then I would back it up and I'd say, I'm not getting our kid out of this. We'd have to say, what are our priorities? What are the things that are the most important things for you? Where do you want to put your parenting effort? And how much, how much friction do you want in your house? And can we put that making the bed as a checklist of things that they have to do five out of 10 of these things in order to have their phone? go out with their friends, things that they feel entitled to. That's what we have to start thinking about it differently. The other part about behavior that is really important that I think this is one of the biggest obstacles for a child learning is do they know what to do? So we think our kids are super smart. All of our kids are smart because they are so adorable and they know so much more than we do. It's pretty amazing. But the question is, do they understand the expectations for the task? Do they know what it looks like when it's done? So most kids with learning challenges, focus problems, uh, anxiety, depression, and whatnot, they are going to have a problem seeing the end result. 
This is executive functioning. You talk a lot about it. You can go to www.drosanne forward slash my blog. And I have lots of stuff about executive functioning, breaking it down. I have other resources for you free. Please go there. But we have to have them. Do they really understand what that end result is? And we can't make an assumption that they do. That is a major, major problem where we really start to think, oh, my kid's just not doing this. They're just not doing it. That is not the case. And I want people to understand that there is a way. So let's talk about what we can do because I'm going to break it down to three steps. So three steps to better behavior. Number one, regulate yourself. If you come in hot, you come in irritated, you're not going to get the response from the kid that you want. Not saying you should be perfect people, but I'm saying when we ask for things, we should try to be as regulated as possible. And then we can be really clear in a very simplistic way about what your child needs to do. Research tells us that uh, kids are more receptive to bothers in parenting. And it's not because they're male. Men use about 50% of the words that women use. And when it comes to kids who are struggling with mental health or behavior or learning, They need to hear less. They need to have clarity. So I think let's take that research. Remember, everything I do is about neuroscience and and science-backed solutions. And let's give them that. Number two, idea one behavior you want. So let's go back to that example of the bed. Is that the one thing that's super important to you? And maybe that's a cultural thing. And that's okay. I support that. (laughs) But if that's not the hill you want to die on yourself in parenting, then move on. Let's pick something more important. But let's find one behavior that you want to change. Be clear about it. Be positive about it. Don't be punitive. Break it down for your kid. And the clear component about this, this is the missing piece. So regulate yourself, ID the problem, pick what you want, have clarity about it, talk about it with your kid, but you're going to reinforce the heck out of that for 30 days, people. So it takes 10 days minimum to get over a learning curve, right? This is what we learned in, in behaviorism. Kids with learning and processing problems, attention problems, if they're anxious or depressed, it's going to be at least three times that. 34 times, at least three times at 100 times, and it a uh, 10-day learning process. So let's do 30 days. Let's reinforce it. Now, the big part about behavior that I think people don't get is that we really have to reinforce not just the end result, but the what we call successive approximations. We want to reinforce the micro steps to get to the macro, to get to the big thing. And a lot of times, kids, when we think about you know, this behavior, what they are doing, what they're not doing, we assume that they're just not doing it on purpose. But there's so much more behind it. I want you to be a parent scientist. I want you to really look, what could it be? And when we focus on one behavior, we provide good, clear instruction, reinforcement. We take the anger out of it. We're way more likely to get the responses that we need. And these opportunities at home become the learning platform forever. I don't care if your kid is three. I don't care if your kid is 10. I don't care if your kid is 25. This is how we have to do it. And that is because the brain learns that way and the brain needs a lot of reinforcement. Kids are going to go and fight, flight, or freeze. They're going to shut down. They're going to get angry and nasty. They're going to be sensitive to criticism. They're going to do all those things that make you think, wow, they must be doing this on purpose. Most of the time, it's because they don't know what to do. 
They don't really know they don't know what to do. They're even confused by their own behavior and they're afraid to disappoint you. They're ashamed and they don't want a friction component with you. So let's be parent scientists. Let's get to the bottom of it. Let's give the kids the tools that they need. Um, I have lots of resources about behavior, parenting, executive functioning, the brain. You can go to, you can search under, go to drrosanne.com forward slash my blog, search behavior. And then, you know, we are creating and have created this awesome Facebook group, Natural Parenting Solutions, where you get some access. We have some privacy. A lot of my people have wanted privacy. And we have resources to have a calm brain and a happy family. I will see you all next week. And wherever you are on the parenting journey is exactly where you need to be. And if you have another mother who is struggling, please make sure to share this with them. Parenting is so hard and there are so many ups and downs. When your kid is struggling with regulating behavior, man, it can be so much harder. Just know that no matter what's going on with your kid and family, it's going to be okay. And when kids have behavior issues, these things didn't happen overnight. And you can unlearn those behaviors and relearn healthy ones. And it starts with you and you have that power. You need the right solution to help your child be successful at home, school, and life. And that's why I've created the Solution Matcher. Go to drrosanne.com forward slash help, D-R-R-O-S-E-A-N-N forward slash help to get the right solution for where you're at. 